legendary basement. Each week, me and my friend Roxy are drawn inexplicably and supernaturally to this very basement, which is full of steampunk grim reapers, haunted swing sets that are fun, a being made of pure light, and one king cobra curled around a gun. I'm Mikey McCaller. And I'm Roxy Polk. Roxy, let's start out, as we always do, with the scariest things that happened to us this week. Outside of the scary basement, Roxy, what went down in your life that spooked you to your bones? So this is going to be a very specific thing that we'll have to include links to this episode, because I'm going to do my best to describe it, but my description is not going to be able to do it justice as much as seeing this thing for yourself. It's Uh (laughs) this talented sculptor who I want to say... there's a lot of skill involved in this, but I'm still terrified of it. That doesn't make it any less scary just because it's, like, well done. Ooh. <laughs> he collected discarded cat hair and then made three full-sized, life-size cat men out of discarded cat hair. These things are... Okay, so you sent me this photograph. Yeah, and so on... And I'm looking at it. They're monster creatures. Yeah, they're absolutely horrifying. And, like, one has... Or, no, they've got their dicks dangling out as well. <laughs> it's just, like, an added... Part of how unsettling it makes it. Their eye, like the face is very uncanny and they have weird cat eyes and they're kind of like elongated. You know what? They look kind of like characters designed by the character designers like of Rick and Morty. Oh. They're like like the eyes are kind of shifted a little bit and they're like kind of weird and round and gross in that specific (laughs) Rick and Morty way. And then one of them is like embracing a cat made out of cat hair as well. That also has longer little noodle arms, so it's also kind of off. So they're in that uncanny valley thing. And so, like, okay, let me credit the the artist on Twitter is M-A-R-M-A-P-U-S. And then they also have a uh, Instagram account called Gravel Blot. So if you uh, want to check those out. And also, as much as I am terrified and wish I had never seen these, um, I'm also just very impressed at the uh, skill it took to make these things. Yeah, very scary. I'm terrified of cat hair men, Mikey. <laughs> I don't like that they're made of cat hair. I'm just going to say that. Yeah. It's a fear I didn't know I had, but now I now I know I have it. So great. Cool. <laughs> Mine involves a picture as well. My scary thing that happened to me. Um, and I, I guess we'll have to just have a visual week <laughs> for scary <laughs> <Yeah>. things. <laughs> This entire month, we've had Michael Myers with us in the scary basement. And gosh, how to do this without breaking the mythology. I was leaving Starbucks in real life. <laughs> I, was go- yes. I was going out the drive-thru and like you turn into traffic and there was a car in front of me, you know, like just stopped at a stoplight so I couldn't turn uh-huh. out. And, you know, you're you're done at Starbucks. You're swiping up on your phone. You use the app. You're taking your mask off. You put your mask on when you go talk to the drive-thru people. You're not a monster. And I mm-hmm. looked up Good. and looking at me from the car <laughs> in real life was Michael Myers. This photo, you sent it to me. Did you send it to me like unprompted? And then I was like, ah. <laughs> <laughs> so he startled me. And then, and this is a real thing. This is like I was actually out living yeah, my life there, and I got startled a by a Michael Myers. That exists. And I'm, I'm sure we can attach it also to like the the Podbean episode listing. I don't think like iTunes or I don't know about any of the other ones if that allows us to do it. But also, people did you put this on your it. Twitter, Mikey? So can people no, see No, I haven't. Okay. I, I will when the episode launches. Okay, cool. Um, yeah, so you can see it on Mikey's Twitter, which is just his name. I did have to, like, pull some traffic maneuvers to, like, get back up and, like, get next to him so I could take the picture. Uh, And when I did, he nodded at me solemnly. Yeah, like, the thing is, he turned to look at you. He's, like, looking at you in this photo. So it's like, he knows what you are doing. He knows you're taking a photo of him. (laughs) Very scary. He saw you leave the scary basement, Mikey, so he just followed you home. That's where he is all week, too. He's just been hiding outside your house this whole time. Yeah, you know what? We do have Michael Myers right here with us. We can just turn to him and ask, Michael Myers, what was the deal? What were you out doing? Okay, God forbid I try to start a conversation with you. I mean, you know how this goes. Unless he uh, decides to step up to the mic like he did last week, I don't think you're going to get anything from him. Or, wait, do you have a chocolate for him? Give him a chocolate, maybe. I forgot he likes chocolate. <laughs> yeah, give him a chocolate. Do, do you have any? I didn't bring any this week. Absolutely not. Okay, well, never mind then. Scratch that. Oh, God, here he is. The demon bot. Demon bot. Strolling on up. 
Mikey and Roxy, this week you were assigned to watch the 2021 film Halloween Kills, directed by David Gordon Green and starring Jamie Lee Curtis, Judy Greer, and Andy Matishik. Did you watch the film, or are your souls forfeit? Uh, uh, yes, I, 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 I watch did. it. I watch Halloween I, Kills. I did watch that film. Good, then you may keep your souls. Cool. For now. Okay, well, cool. yep, he, yeah. Good. <laughs> did it again. I, I'm starting to catch up. Good. Okay. I, I don't know. I'm getting what we're less gonna... invested. <laughs> For anybody listening at the scary basement cellar door who has not seen Halloween Kills, what do you say we give them a little bit of a plot recap? Let's do that. Let's uh, let's go over the movie. Great. Halloween Kills. We open on Cameron, the boyfriend from the last movie, stumbling upon the body of Frank Hawkins, who was stabbed by Michael Myers' doctor in the last film. Uh, but he's still alive. <laughs> he has himself a little flashback to his first encounter with Michael back in 1978. Here, Hawkins accidentally shot his partner instead of Michael Myers, right before Michael was apprehended. We then get reacquainted with Tommy Doyle, the kid who was being babysat by Laurie in 1978, who is hanging at a bar with his childhood bully, Lonnie, a nurse who escaped Michael Myers, Marion Chambers, and fellow former child... Lindsay Wallace, who was the other kid who was being babysat across the way. All of these people survived Michael on that very same Halloween night in 1978. And uh, wouldn't you know it, the TV above the bar has a news report about the crash bus from a mental institution and two patients have escaped. A cute little the penguin from Batman looking guy and uh, Michael Myers himself. Then it's time to see what Lori and the fam are up to. In the back of the truck that they hopped into at the end of the last movie, Lori, her daughter Karen, and her granddaughter Allison see firefighters on the way to Lori's blazing home. Let it burn, Lori cries, but to no avail, because those firefighters let Michael Myers out of the basement, only to immediately get karate murdered by the big lug. Hard day at the office. Then a lot of things happen at once. Lori gets surgery to save her life. Karen finds out Michael isn't dead. Tommy thinks he sees Michael in the back of a bar patron's car. Spoiler, it's actually not Michael. It's the uh, cute little other mental patient, escapee. Tommy puts together a gang of Hattonfield regulars to hunt Michael down. Evil dies tonight, they cry, for the first of many times. And many, many, many times. Allison then rejoins her boyfriend Cameron and hops in on the revenge gang. She picks up a shotgun. Meanwhile, the group of Mary and Lindsay and those two bar patrons, who are a doctor and a nurse, confront Michael Myers in a park. Damn, do most of them get murdered. <laughs> Lindsay, though, is able to escape my as Michael moves on, heading towards his childhood home. Back at the hospital, Cutie Pie mental patient shows up, and Tommy and the rest of the mob mistake him for Michael somehow. They chase the guy up to the roof, all while Karen tries to help him, but unfortunately he gets cornered, which leads him to jump out the window to try and escape, and he sadly splatters himself all on the sidewalk. What have we become, many members of the mob presumably ask themselves. Now, most of our major players are convening on the Myers family home. Michael appears and kills its current owners, Big John and Little John, the best characters in history. Then Lonnie, Cameron, and Allison go inside the Myers home, where Lonnie and Cameron are killed by Michael, and Allison breaks her leg at the bottom of the stairs. Finally, Karen appears at the last minute to save her daughter from Michael. There she rips off his mask and leads him out of the house and into a trap. That's right. The entire town surrounds Michael and they beat him and stab him and shoot the shit out of him. Michael Myers is for sure dead this time, right? Oh, wait, until he isn't. When everyone thinks it's over, Michael gets back up and kills Tommy, Sheriff Brackett, and then finally Karen, who is hanging out at Michael's sister's bedroom for some reason. Damn, that that was a movie. That was the movie. That was the movie. Halloween Kills. Roxy. Uh-huh. You know, I write these little plot recaps sometimes. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> yep, this is your episode. This one was much shorter than any other one because you can sum it up by, there's a long sequence where Michael kills a lot of people. Yeah, that's that's probably the highlight of this is the amount of carnage that Michael gets into and like the effects and everything. Definitely the best part of the movie, I'd say. So Where he just feels like an unstoppable monster killing, like, an army of townspeople. 
I had so much fun with this movie. It sounds like you are maybe not as high on it as I was. What's going on? What didn't you like about it? There were a lot of things I didn't like about the movie. (laughs) It's kind (laughs) of hard to even know where to start Uh, in a way. Let me see. I got a lot of things written down. Okay. All right. So (laughs) Roxy just unrolled a scroll. (laughs) And at the top, it says Roxy's list of grievances. (laughs) I'm going to send it to the director and he's going to have to read it. It's going to be very cool. I guess a big thing that I think this movie suffers from is it it is the middle of a trilogy. So Mm -hmm. it is like the middle movie and feels very much like it feels afloat. It feels disjointed. There is no main character in this movie. We shuffle between so many different perspectives. And uh, I don't know. I kind of feel like what was the point of it? Like I got to the end of it and was kind of like, we weren't really that many, that much different at the end of this than we were at the end of the previous movie. It's just, like, some old people who came back. Like, I don't need to see Tommy Doyle as an adult have a monologue on stage for what felt like 30 minutes. That whole sequence, that's, like, when I started checking out of the movie, actually. He gets up on stage and has, like, this very long, overly dramatic, kind of weirdly acted, which that I think that actor in general just kind of, like, was felt weird to me. I, I mm-hmm. don't know. Maybe that's just a personal taste thing, but just he would get so much screen time and kind of just have like this one kind of weird expression. And Mm -hmm. uh, I I don't know. He he just had this long monologue about how Michael was super evil and killed a bunch of people. Whereas like that's another thing to say real. Okay, sorry. On on that scene, I will say that that takes place at a talent show. It's such a weird like I I understand what so out of place. Like what? I understand what they're doing. It's like it's like not the worst way to get that character Tommy to like give the exposition to tell like what his deal is, what the deal is with Michael Myers, kind of how he relates to them. But it like it needed to be like a the moth storytelling show. <laughs> as opposed yeah. to like that it scene opens with like, like three he... mermaids singing a song <laughs> on yeah. Halloween at a bar talent show. And then like what, his talent is that he survived, creepy. that he was he was eight years old, Lori told him to go upstairs, hide, and then go get the police, and that was all he did. And he did. And that that's his talent. That's the thing, too. It just felt like he co-opted the entire bar to do this thing. And mm-hmm. so another issue that I had is the gravity with which this movie treats Michael because it's retconning, getting rid of every movie except for the first movie. So... Mm-hmm. In the first movie, Michael killed his sister as a child, and then he killed, like, what, four or five teens? Then, yeah. like, 20 years later, then that was it. Then 20 years passes, and then he he breaks out and does shit. But, like, the, the mythology of why the town finds him so infamous would make more sense if more of those movies were canon, I think. Because mm. it doesn't feel like a dude who killed, like, five people in the 70s would be really that relevant for people to give a shit about or talk about. 20 minutes later in the same way. That's not a bad point. And also just like the fact that is he supernatural or is he just a guy? Because he just feels like an unstoppable killing machine, which is fun to watch. But then when you like think about it for a second, it's just kind of like just make him like a supernatural creature or something. So I don't have to think about how this doesn't make sense. (laughs) (laughs) I will say that is what made me love this movie's ending, which has gotten a lot of talk. It looks like the town beats Michael to death. Yes, it feels like cinematically they tell you Michael Myers is dead. (laughs) The town has won. This is over. And then he just isn't. And I was watching it and I was just like blown away. And I was like kind of enamored with the idea that, like, yes, he is a supernatural monster now. They and won't I say it, though. The director, the director straight up says, like, I don't think he's supernatural. It's like, are you sure you straight up fucking made him a supernatural killer at well, this point? Well, that's why, like, I never, like, I'm a big believer in um, throwing away author's intent. Like, I don't care what the director says. Like, I'm watching that movie. Michael Myers is supernatural. And yeah. if he didn't want him to appear supernatural, then he made a mistake in his filmmaking. But, like, sure I did. love that he's supernatural. I think that's super funny and interesting. And... I mean, Laurie does have this weird speech at the end that is kind of unprompted that I sort of like. (laughs) (laughs) Laurie spends the entire movie in the hospital. 
yeah, uh, which does is not engage great, super in the story. Great. That's also a thing that happened in the second Halloween movie that sucked. Like, there's so many scenes retread just for, like, fanboyism, it felt like, where it's just kind of like, we don't need to do things this way. Why are you doing it this way? Yeah. And I don't know if that was a conscious choice for that reason or whatever. The movie that this, that Halloween Kills made me think of the most was The Empire Strikes Back. Another uh, okay. middle of the trilogy movie that sidelines Luke for most of the story. Luke Skywalker spends most of Empire Strikes Back like training away from the main action. And then when he finally steps up at the end to go be a hero, like his best friend's already stolen. <laughs> he uh-huh. loses his hand and finds out he'll never be pure again because his father is Darth Vader. Like, I love that this movie, and we talked about it last week, that Halloween 2018 feels off thematically. Like it feels yeah, like- Yeah, like what, what are they about- going for here? Yeah, like, and I've heard them talk a lot about it. I I, I like author intent when it informs my own opinions. <laughs> things I was already thinking about it. Selective um, author intent. Yeah. Uh, they talked a lot about how this new trilogy of Halloween movies is about confronting trauma. If the very first Halloween was about innocence confronts evil, this movies, these movies rather, are about trauma confronting evil. And I think that is very clear in 75% of Halloween 2018. And then they're like, but actually, thank God we had trauma. Otherwise, we would have got killed by Michael Myers. And it feels off. Yeah, it um, really did. This movie is very much about, like, an entire town's trauma. And it, I, I think you make a good point in that, like, it would have made more sense if Michael Myers was a bigger killer. In yeah, this. Um, yeah. But he, he holds the weight to me as an audience member, so therefore I like yes, bought it. That that's the thing. I feel like it relies on that. It relies on it relies on audiences knowing who Michael Myers is and like caring about that and the gravity of like how big of a horror icon he is. Yeah. Uh, instead of it happening in the actual text of what right. what's happening, which is what I have the problem with. Yeah. No, I like I'm trying to think of like what the answer to that problem is. I guess there's a couple of scenes where like, you know, Tommy has to con- like I buy that Tommy and Lindsay and um Marion and I guess Lonnie. I don't know. That was kind of shoehorned in. Yeah, but, like, that was unnecessary. <laughs> I buy that they would be stuck in the Michael Myers trauma. So like maybe if we got a scene where like Tommy is or some guy's like, I don't know, it's just some dude who killed some teenagers a couple years ago. And Tommy's like, you don't understand Here's why it's so important to me. Here's why it should be important to you. And, like, if he can make that argument, like, I guess I could clear that up. Well, he, he guess, got up on but, stage to do that, I guess, theoretically. But I was true. so checked out. It was so hammy and dumb. And it's kind of like, I don't even know. He saw Michael Myers from his window. I think that was it. I would have to rewatch the first movie again with the intent of seeing, like, did these kids even physically see Michael Myers? Oh, they like, definitely do. Okay. Lori, like, brings them upstairs, and she's like, don't worry, it's totally fine, he's totally safe. Okay, <laughs> And, and the yeah. kids are like, like great. Lori does- and then he comes upstairs, and it's like, Lori, you look like an idiot. Well, she you did a pretty good job, wrong. like, protecting them from it, I guess. Uh, especially because then they're able to, like, run out and go get help from the neighbors and everything, too. It's the same um, reason I never say anything confidently, because I'm like, I would never what? say, like, Michael Myers is dead. I'd be like, I, I just stabbed him, but who knows? So then- another thing, too, like, cut off his head. Then, like, they had him down on the ground. They're like, oh, for sure he's dead. It's like, if if you the way that you had a giant mob come and kill him because he's, like, unkillable and because you think he's the embodiment of evil because you said evil dies tonight so many times I want me to blow my brains out. Uh, <laughs> just chop off his head. Cut off his limb. Like, he's not dead until you do that every character made such a dumb choice which is like not that a lot of horror movies are predicated on that right a lot of like Mm -hmm. plot devices and things happen because characters do dumb things and you can make the argument that if you're running away or being chased from a killer you're not in the right frame of mind you're not going to do the smartest things i i can buy that for a certain amount of it but it just felt like everybody makes the dumbest choices so i couldn't care about anybody dying hmm I definitely had in the, there's a really fun scene where the Marion Lindsay group, uh, and then the two, the doctor and nurse. Okay, yeah, I was like, is that the one with the doctor and the nurse couple? (laughs) Marion acts like a true idiot, but like in a way that I kind of buy, (laughs) like she, she has a gun and like she knows Michael Myers is like skulking around the car and she's like shooting out the windows. (laughs) And can't shoot for shit either. And then the- I don't want to step on your toes. Were you going to keep going with the scene? Yeah. Well, I, I just feel like I love this scene because that to me is like the perfect encapsulation of like these characters are acting like idiots in a way that 
I would 100% be acting if I was in a Michael Myers situation. Like, mm-hmm. they get killed in the funniest ways th- this entire, it's like, like it, it feels like it's playing with the expectations. Like, they set up this husband and wife couple very early on that the wife is kind of domineering and she's like, you need to stand up for yourself. And he's like, I don't want to stand up for myself. I'm a big coward. And so he does get his arc where when Michael Myers is like killing Marion, he tries to strangle Michael Myers without realizing that he's a horror god and can do whatever he wants. So it's like he does stand up for himself. He has a character change and then he gets immediately stabbed in the eye. It's very funny. And then his wife, who is so confident about her ability to shoot a gun. Yeah, she's like, like I she... shot guns before. I'm hard. <laughs> I know what I'm doing. She is opening fire every on shot. the car that Michael Myers is in, and Michael kicks open the door, and she accidentally shoots herself in the face. Yeah. It is so funny. It is so good. <laughs> it is somebody, like, getting their comeuppance. It's like, that's what you get for, again, just like Lori saying Michael Myers is for sure dead. He comes up the stairs. I for sure know how to shoot a gun, and then I got killed by a gun. Very funny, very good. I definitely get what you're saying about the final scene where they, you know, stab and shoot him plenty and then he comes back. But I just feel like they probably don't have the information that, you know, we are being given in that moment that Michael Myers is no longer. Like that to me is the moment that Halloween, this trilogy rather, switches from being about a person to about being a supernatural creature. Okay, so we can let, we can talk about that scene here for a second then. So the dad is there with the two kids, who is Lori's daughter and the boyfriend, who, by the way, still sucks. I hate that character and don't think she should have taken him back. They should still be, like, having, uh, like, butting heads over what happened instead of her just being like, oh, I instantly forgive you for being a douchebag and we're, we're still together. Oh, I 100% um, immediately forgive him. Um, Her dad just died. She's like, yeah, this is the thing I'm focused on. You want to help me kill the man that killed my dad? Yeah, let's It's more like she should just be over all of this shit. She should be like, I don't have time for your bullshit. I'm determined to kill Michael. But so, okay, the three of them go. She's already got experience with hunting down Michael. She made, like, this big choice where, like, her mom didn't want her to go off with the mob of people wanting to kill Michael. But she was like, fuck it, I'm going to do it anyway. And so Mm -hmm. she did. And so they get to the house. And then the dad is like... No, you kids stay in the car. I'll go kill Michael Myers myself because I think I can do it. And you're like, what? Uh-huh. So they just sit there and he fucking dies. And it's like, okay, cool. So instead of having like three against one, uh, now you've got two against one. And only one of you has like experience with shooting a gun, I guess, which is <laughs> that's a great- Lori's granddaughter. Yeah, that's a great point. There's, like, nothing that you achieve character-wise or story-wise by having them wait in the car besides, like, like, they just wait. (laughs) Yeah, it, like, kind of, it totally kills the momentum for Allison um, and, like, what she was setting out to do. And then just, like, also pads the movie and then just adds another body Mm -hmm. and you kill a character we don't care about also. Like, I don't, like, what was the point of it? Um, And... yeah. Even even before that, like, they spend so much time on the couple who now owns the Michael Myers house, like, setting them up. And Absolutely then when, the best part of that movie. I mean, I would have rather had the movie be just about them, but it's not. They're yep. just there to get killed, which was unfortunate. Um, and for some reason, they're called Big John and Little John. I don't know what the choice was with That's that. So um, funny. Well, because they, they, like, okay, this movie has a big... I don't know if I would, like, it's a problem for everybody. It feels like a tone Biggie. shift. A tone shift. Just like with What's-Her-Face getting shot in the face, these these guys feel like a comedic tone shift as well. Yes, and I like that. And I think, I actually know. If it was more I, consistent, I could like it. But it's just like, there's two spots and that's it. Here's, here's the thing I'll say. Uh, and I was watching this movie and realizing that is what was going on. That, like, we are shifting into a hilarious sitcom with Big John and Little John. And why I love it so much thematically. Because they, this movie is about... Your, your trauma, right? You are dealing with a Michael Myers thing, whether Michael Myers is there or not, right? Laurie has spent her entire life dealing with a Michael Myers situation. And now we're learning yeah. that Tommy and Lindsay and the, the rest of them are kind of doing that too. And it's a tragedy. They're living in this Michael Myers world. And then we get Big John and Little John to remind us that, like, there's a world outside of your trauma. There is a world, mm. like, this is kind of what we're fighting for. I feel like the last Halloween movie did it really well, too, with, like, the little kid who loved dance. It's just, like, there's there's a world beyond this. There's something to look forward to. There's something to fight for. 
in terms of not just killing Michael Myers, but like getting over Michael Myers. There's something beautiful about the world that you could experience if you could stop thinking so much about Michael Myers. And when I was thinking about it in that sense, I was enamored by it. I was like, this oh, is man. the Oh, man, Mikey, I feel like you had movie. to do, like, I, I like that thought process. And I think you were giving the movie too much credit. You were doing more work than the movie did to get you there. Like, mm. I don't think the movie did a good job showing that at all. Potentially. Um, I mean, that's that's true. Like, if the comedy doesn't... Like, that's the, one of those things. Like, I thought that was so funny, and it was uh, so weird the way that those guys said each other's names every yeah. time they talked to each yeah. other. Like, There's so much of them just stupid. kind of plotting around their house, and then when... <laughs> When one of them dies, the other one comes in and, like, instead of running for his life or being sad about the fact that his boyfriend or husband is dead, he just, like, sees Michael and he's like, oh, Michael, you came home, and then just lets himself be killed. I was like, These, what? Is, why? Uh, that is the moment, and I think that it's is like, the same as, like, evil dies tonight, that the mob keeps, like, shouting to each other. There are yeah. these moments that are so overly scripted in this movie. Uh-huh. That, like... Uh, the Big John, Little John stuff is, like, screenwritery. It's like, human beings don't talk like that. But yeah. they want you to remember that these characters' names are Big John and Little John, yep. and they're so enamored with that joke. And it's like, I love that joke, so it's like, as much as you want to hit me with it, I'm great. Um, evil Dies Tonight is not a thing people say when they're consumed it's by It's really not. Even if you're in a giant mob screaming things, it's just yeah. like, what? Okay. Again, it, he's it, only killed five people, as far as you know, or, like, maybe six, and it's like... Yes, the evilest man who has ever lived. <laughs> uh, evil dies tonight. That's what we call him. There, it's almost Shakespearean the way these characters yeah. are like yeah. stepping forward. And and I think when uh, Little John dies, he finds his boyfriend slash husband dead, and he stands up like as though he's stepping forward in like a play mm, to deliver okay. his big line. And yeah. he says, "Michael, you've come home." And it's like, why? Why do you think that? Yeah. That? <laughs> I think I think that might be the difference between our opinions on this movie. All of these things that you hate, I noticed and I was like, that's a funny choice. <laughs> that's, a, that's a weird thing to do. <laughs> I mean, it is. And I think that's why, like, it, it felt tonally inconsistent. If it was something like, you know, one of the middle Chucky movies that is trying to, like, ham it up. It's trying to be, like, kind of brutal, but also funny. Mm-hmm. And I I haven't seen those movies, so maybe they're trying to say something more thematically. But, like, this just felt so muddled. Like, if you ask me what the theme of this movie is, I don't know. Is it, like, mob justice is okay until it's not? Well, it, I, it's, like, and this is what's kind of interesting Turning victims me. into killers because you're turning these people who were victims of this crime, like, demonizing them because they turn into a mob. Like, what was with that choice? I It feels victim blamey and weird. I did not like it. I I am really enamored by it in the same way I was enamored by the choice to make Lori this, like, horrible monster who had to have her child taken from her in the last movie. This idea that trauma turns us into monsters mm -hmm. is very interesting. And I'm, like, kind of – I don't think it was super successful, but I, like, appreciate the effort. It's very much a game-recognized game kind of thing for me where I'm like, you tried to make the protagonist of this movie the town. And it yeah. kind of falls apart, but, like – cool idea and i think yeah. that's like an interesting idea yes. to like explore is how how a series of events like this could affect a town like that like yeah i think that's, I that's a good point i really like the concept of it i don't think they mm -hmm. stuck the landing whatsoever but that concept is good i think that there and, can be a lot said about that and i will say it did the same thing for me that the last movie did where 75 percent of the way it shifts and can i tell you what i thought was going to happen in this movie yeah what, what do you think was going to happen okay so they all kill Michael Myers. The The town gets together. They beat the shit out of him. Um, In quotation marks, kill, yes. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and then Karen. Well, okay. So Karen kind of becomes the voice of like, holy shit, we have become a mob. We're going to kill a little cutesy wootsy man. Yeah, who... she's the only voice of reason, basically. Yeah. The entire movie. And she's, she's saying like, calm down. We're going to do something horrible here. And then they do do something horrible. They kill yeah. this guy. And, and then like they, Karen... They target the completely wrong person with their anger, too. Like, they don't even... They're not yes. even checking. They don't which, care. Which, to me, that is, like... That's what this movie is about. Like, if that if the movie had been less, like... In the same way that, like, the first Halloween... Or Halloween 2018, rather, should have been about, like, Laurie saying, like, I'm gonna let this go. I'm gonna let this trauma go. Like, 
I think that the story of this movie is about what this mob does to this man. Because that's, like, the the horrible thing, but that's kind of fascinating that, like, you know, we as people do to celebrities, you know? We've decided that, like... Celebrities? Why, why, why can't I think of anything? It's like, we're, we're like... Uh, Britney Spears, maybe? What happened to her by... Because uh, he, here's the thing, coverage. I want to be careful to not like defend celebrities who are monsters, but like Drake is somebody who comes up. Like everybody loves Drake, and then it comes out that Drake is like kind of a uh, creepy. Oh, okay, so it's about him himself, not like the mob, how people react. Okay, yes, sorry. that's um, why I was and it, saying. See, and that's why this is this is like a, a hard <laughs> okay. example to cram. Like, uh huh. Because I don't want to defend Drake, but also we aren't mean enough to Drake. Like Drake, one hundred percent wants to make out presume allegedly with Millie Bobby Brown from Stranger Things. Like it's weird what Drake is doing. We should all be more upset about it. I haven't it. heard about that. Oh, gross. Yeah, Even it's worse. Not good. Uh, Great. It's like textbook grooming and it's gross. But like if that comes out, I guess Bill Cosby is the answer. Like mm, okay. Bill Cosby yeah. were like we hate Bill Cosby so much that like if Jerry Seinfeld comes out and says like you know, he's still a great comic and he did a lot to influence me. It's like, well, fuck you, Jerry Seinfeld, too, for just being associated with him. Like, there is this, like, kind of... And and that does feel very mob mentality-ish of, like, if I'm going to be the type of person who is against Bill Cosby and his actions, I have to hate everybody who is not. It's us versus them. Evil dies tonight. And, and I do like that idea and I like exploring that through a Michael Myers movie. All that is to say, here's what I thought was going to happen. Okay. I thought... Karen was going to be very sad that a bouncy baby boy jumped off the hospital and died because of the mob. Uh Uh-huh. She goes and she fucks up Michael Myers with the crowd. And she's the one who delivers seemingly the final knife blow into the back of his lower spine, right? Uh Karen has done it. Severing his spinal cord. Yes. (laughs) She goes upstairs into Michael's bedroom, which this movie makes a big deal about. Oh, she also pitchforks him, too. So, like, Michael does the fake out and kills, like, Tommy and the old sheriff and everybody else in that crowd because they all wait to get killed one by one because that's cool. Uh-huh. Um, and then she has a fucking pitchfork, literally pitchforks him in the back when he's about to kill her daughter. And yeah. then she goes and does that. So it's like, oh, yeah, surely he's dead now, this time. Right. Yeah. Okay. No, he's, he's not. <laughs> okay. So she, go- they, the movie makes this big deal about looking out the window that Michael did as a child he looked out the window and everybody's like, was he looking out at the town? It's like, maybe he was looking in on himself and what he was. Yeah, with his reflection in the glass. Karen goes and does that outside. herself. So I was like, yo, Karen couldn't save this man from the mob. Mm-hmm. She goes and like, she's like fighting against the mob to save this guy. And then they win. And then she joins them. Yeah, like that's the thing too. It makes them stop doing like the... The mindless bloodlust at the hospital, but then there's still a killer mob. Like, yeah. th- them killing that guy doesn't really do that much. And then, yeah, like you said, Karen just decides to join them mm-hmm. also. So, like, thematically, what are you trying to say with that? Exactly. These movies would be better without Michael Myers. It should yeah. be about Lori's reaction, and then they don't have to deal with, like, okay, but we actually do have to have a set piece with Michael Myers. And it should be about what a mob does over the threat of Michael Myers. And... Karen can judge them and be like, like learn to grow from them. But yeah, so, like be some sort of reflection of that, inform it in some way. This movie 100% should have ended with Karen becoming new Michael Myers. She failed that man. She let uh. him die. She joined them herself. She is becoming evil. She goes up to the window and looks out the window the same way we are told Michael Myers does the entire time. The question is, why does Michael kill? I don't know. But when you go up to that window and look at yourself and look at the horrible things you know about yourself, with Michael, we don't know what it is. But with Karen, we know that she let Bouncing Baby Boy die. And now she just drove a knife into another man. Karen becomes new Michael Myers. I don't think she blames herself for that guy dying, though. She did everything within her power to keep him from living. I don't I think she still blames the mob for that. I don't think she blames herself. Oh, I think she blames herself. Okay. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. There's really no evidence one way or the other. <laughs> but all that is to say, then the third movie, the third movie in the trilogy can be Lori looking at what her deep dive into trauma has done to her daughter. If Karen is the Michael Myers in the third movie, then Lori finally has to say, maybe this can't be about building fire basements and learning how to shoot guns. Maybe this finally has to be about me walking away. 
and she can finish her arc that was started in the first movie. God damn, I want to write that movie now. That w- and, I would much rather watch that. <laughs> and the way they shoot that bizarre Michael pulls the knife out of his back and slaughters the rest of the town that just slaughtered him. Yeah, and they it's stand shot and like wait a dream sequence. It. It's shot like this bizarre music video that doesn't quite make sense. Yeah, it's and very strange. While Karen is looking out the window, I'm just like, yo, this is your movie. Karen did that. Karen killed Tommy. Well, I think another problem is that there is no focal point character. Like, you keep getting shuttled around and you keep thinking, oh, this is going to be the viewpoint character. This is going to be the viewpoint character. Mm -hmm. And then suddenly you're an hour and a half into the movie and you're like, wait a minute, who am I following? Who am I supposed to care about? (laughs) Um, Especially when they did this flashback in the beginning that seems to suggest that the uh, sheriff guy is going to be more important. Or not sheriff. Is is he the Mm -hmm. sheriff at this point? I think he is in the movie, but in the past he was like a. I don't know what he is. He, I want to say th- they called him Deputy. You're talking okay. about Deputy Walker, the guy who got stabbed and who's in the hospital? Uh, yes, yeah, yeah. The cop from the first movie who uh, totally looks like he died, but he uh, somehow just didn't. I guess the uh, the doctor guy from the first movie was really bad at doing kills, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> Couldn't live up to his hero, Michael Myers. Um, but He's so you think it's going to be about him because they have that very long flashback that even has like Dr. Loomis in it, which do they do like a deep fake Dr. Loomis? <laughs> I, I read about it. They have an actor who looks a ton like Dr. Loomis. Okay. And so he played the body and then they had a voice actor do the voice. Oh, okay. And ADR'd it over it. You yeah. know, uh, so I it mean, is an actor who's there. Talk about Star Wars. I did that with like young Carrie Fisher for uh-huh. uh, Rogue One. That's what I thought it was. And it looked... It was almost like my brain tricked me into thinking he looked like he was being CGI'd into it. But it's like, no, that was an actor on set. Okay, yeah, because I was also trying to think, like, did they rip this from the original movie? Did they have, like, a shot like this that maybe he's supposed to be, they, like, inserted? I thought inserted? that first flashback like scene that. was... Oh, sorry. That first flashback scene was awesome. Like, <laughs> it felt like it was from that first Halloween movie. I loved that. Yeah, I the cinematography of it was very cool. Um, they're trying to show, like, a different aspect of that same night, which I think was an interesting concept because we didn't really see, like, what, m- like, more law enforcement was doing. I guess the, the sheriff at the time, because his daughter is one of the people who gets killed and is Lori's friend. Like, he is in, in the movie a bit, but he doesn't really do much except for, like, kind of shadow mm-hmm. Loomis the whole time and be like, You're crazy. There's nothing going on. And then he's like, oh, it's all your fault, Loomis, for me not doing my job to keep people safe. Uh, (laughs) So showing a different perspective of that and how it affected this other character. Yeah, I thought with so so much emphasis being put on that scene in the beginning, I thought he was going to be more important than he's just in the hospital with Lori the whole time. And just him and Lori have nothing to talk about except for they made out in a bar one time when they were Mm -hmm. younger. And then that's that's it. That's it? Uh, Well, I think, like, the original plan was to shoot this movie and Halloween Ends at the same time and release them. Oh, was it? Okay. I I know that this, okay, so this movie did come out, or they finished it, like, the previous year, right? Or two years ago? Uh, It was supposed to come out last year, and then it didn't. Mm -hmm. Which I can understand with all of the strife that went on in summer of 2020. They didn't want to have uh, giant mobs hunting down people uh, a couple months later. Yeah, you this movie with covid restrictions yeah and then also with covid stuff going on um so okay so they but, were gonna film so then, all three of them at the same time mikey or kills no they were going and ends kills and ends okay gotcha and now ends is filming like in january to release this year so they're like oh, that feels wow. like it's on a tight okay. timeline interesting but uh i feel like more so than even even though one and two are on the same night it does feel like this is kind of what I want from a trilogy where it's like there is it's clear that Hawkins and Laurie are going to have a lot to do in the third movie. But I feel like we don't know what this movie is really getting at until the last one. I feel like these little bits of like um, tonal incongruity that both movies suffer from are going to be answered in the third one. And it's not until the third one that I can really say like, oh, they stuck the landing or not, because it feels like they are building to something up that they have to say about trauma and Lori's specific relationship to it that they've only told, you know, ha- I was going to say half the story, but I guess it's two thirds of the story. I guess that's another reason why it feels so weak to me. Cause it's just like in the middle and doesn't stand on its own. Like if you had not watched the movie before this and you didn't know there was going to be a movie after, if they were never making a movie after this would mm-hmm. be like kind of nothing. Like, it, it, I mean, that is kind of how I feel about empire strikes back. 
I guess so, but like that that was supposed to be a grand space opera. This is like I, I guess a slash grand killer kill movie. opera. There, there's not as much like intricate stuff going on, I guess, where like you could totally have a movie like this that could stand on its own, but also informs like a trilogy and is part of a trilogy. Um but this felt like it it leans so hard on the fact that a movie came before it and a movie is gonna come after it that like you said it's kind of hard to even judge it in some ways because you're like, well, this isn't even the whole story, so what am I mm-hmm. supposed to think about it right now? Yeah. Which I don't like. I don't like feeling like <laughs> I do. I mean, that, that to me is like the, the joy of I think you like the TV. potential of what could happen afterwards, so you can like kind of imagine yeah. what's going to happen afterwards, and then you can be disappointed or happy with it, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, and now I'm allowed to like make my own guesses. As of to, course, yeah, it, yeah. That there's some it's, fun in it's that. It's Schrodinger's third act. Like anything <laughs> yeah. is true until you make a movie anything. about it. <laughs> yeah. <sighs> Roxy, Mikey, I got a question for you. Do you got a question for me? I do have a question for you. Um, so if you there was there's a lot of emphasis in this movie placed on michael returning home so i wanted to ask you if you could return to a favorite spot from your childhood what would it be there was a place a park deep in the woods of like and this is like ninth grade so it's okay and that's still your childhood. childhood okay the high school is still childhood so i feel like i was a child until i was 29 yeah i i yeah <laughs> that's when i started taking antidepressants and talking about my feelings <laughs> I uh, I'm glad you're would go with stuff. my friends to this park that was like in the middle of the woods and we called it Secret Park. <laughs> and you could like, oh, okay. Like All right. climb through the woods and like nobody knew it was there. And this is going to sound like, listen, if I smoked pot, I would be happy to describe how much I smoked pot. <laughs> I did not. My friends loved to smoke pot and they would go <laughs> smoke a bunch of pot in Secret Park and I wouldn't. Uh, but it was just so fun to hang out with my friends in this weird, bizarre little park. I think I only went there one or two times. But what a cool little thing, like a little, like, discovery to find in the middle of the woods. And, yeah, if I was uh, the very embodiment of evil and I was heading towards a childhood place of meaning, I would head towards Secret Park. How about you? And just uh, sit on the swing set and smoke some weed since you never got to before. It'll go full no, circle. No, I mean, I've... <laughs> I've smoked weed since then, and uh, not my bag. But my not at that brain. park. Not at that park, though, Mikey. That's your, a great point. You're coming home. <laughs> Fuck, I'll try it. <laughs> yeah. So th- it's funny that you say that as a secret park in the woods, because mine is sort of similar to that, actually. Whoa. There's a bunch of uh, bike trails that connected to, like, two little small parks. The parks themselves weren't as distinctive, but I would hang out with friends at those from time to time and just... Going on those bike trails by yourself, it's like a very meditative experience. You're like in the sort of suburban setting, but then suddenly it feels like you're not anymore. Mm. And they would connect out to this spot that was like they were obviously going to develop it for housing, but hadn't yet. So there's a bunch of fields and there's a, uh, you can see the coast, actually. So like I grew up in Alaska, uh, like in Anchorage, which is a coastal town. Uh, so you can see out into the ocean and there's enough of a... Uh, cliff face that you can't see like the gross mud flats that are there before the ocean hate them <laughs> they're really gross and they also kill people uh that might be another thing to talk about how scary those are but there is this field you could go out to and i remember very distinctly kind of just like laying down and looking up at the sky and you can see nothing except for the sky and it's just this very kind of meditative cool experience that uh I don't know, it kind of puts things in perspective, makes you think about how small you are, and also just, like, being able to see nothing but sky in, like, again, this sort of, like, suburban setting is not, like, normal. So it felt kind of, like, hmm. unique, out-of-place location. That, Roxy, uh, that's lovely. Magical. I never pictured you as a, a look up in the sky and think about your place in the world sort of person. I don't know, like, as, as a... It, I remember in, like, middle school and high school, I kept waiting for, like, that cool thing that's going to change your life forever to happen. Like, oh, mm-hmm. you find a magic amulet, or you find, like, I don't know, uh, a traveler <laughs> oh. from another world, or so, some like cool... Meant, like, uh, your true love, or, like, that one relationship that really well, matters also that, that, that too. Life. You know, you just keep waiting for, like, the, the time when you're going to turn to, like, the cool main character of your own story. Kind of waiting for kinda, your movie to start. Yes, yeah. exactly. And so, like, musing about when that's going to happen. Or, oh, maybe it'll happen here because I found this cool, unique location. Mm-hmm. I'm sure in some way I'm still searching for that, but was a lot more doing that as a kid. And that's <laughs> definitely part of it. 
I think you're going to. And worst case scenario, I'll write a movie about you. Okay, good, cool. I can live vicariously through that. Awesome. Roxy, on a scale from one to nine, not ten, because ten does not exist in the scary basement. Don't tell me it does. No, number ten. How likely do you think the events of Halloween Kills are to happen in real life? Mob justice in America happens a lot and happened a lot. Nine out of nine. (laughs) (laughs) Definitely happened. I said seven just because I wanted to account for the utterly preposterous ending of this movie. (laughs) The supernatural, Um, unkillable man. Yeah. Normally it's just poor people getting uh, killed or whatever. Sure. Uh, I mean, I I think it it even happens not necessarily in like violent terms, but like, you know, your friends all have an opinion and you all kind of fall under that same opinion. And all of a sudden you find yourself like, do I actually hate The Bachelor or do I just hate The Bachelor because all my friends hate The Bachelor? And all of a sudden you're like, oh, wait, I kind of like The Bachelor. Yeah, you like, were sort it, of talking about that It's easy to earlier. fall into opinions based on whoever you're around. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's true. Yeah. Good. We solved it. Let's not do that. <laughs> we solved uh, the internet? Uh... Our own opinions at all times. <laughs> yeah, there we <laughs> you go. You and me. <laughs> it is time to collect your souls. I mean, it is time to collect your bets. Roxy, last week we made a bet. One more Uh time, it was the classic kill count. We made a bet as to how many bodies would turn up in Halloween Kills. I said 15. You said 36. Yeah, I said 36 because... I counted 26. 26. Okay, so it's like halfway in between both of us. So which... Or like, what was the number? You won by one. Oh, okay. Yeah, I guess. Okay. I, I was off by nine. You were off by ten. But also the fact that you went up with a higher number and it's wait. A if you're crazy off by nine, people died. D- doesn't that mean you win? Or I'm sorry, I'm off by eleven. Oh, okay, okay. I was gonna say. Wait uh, a I'm, <laughs> I don't deserve that way. win. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, you got it. He- God, here were the 20, kills I counted: twenty-five or twenty-six, I counted, twenty-five. I counted twenty-six. I got 26. one partner cop at the in the flashback. Uh, I actually went back and rewatched the fireman scene. There were seven firemen. That yeah, we I saw. God, I didn't even register how many of those there were. How many firemen? Uh, that that couple that had a drone. Again, that was funny. That too. wasn't the thing we didn't even talk about either. That was just yeah. like why? Okay. Just a couple. There's a couple that has a drone that get killed by Michael Myers, and then as the wife is dying, Michael's in the background just stabbing extra knives into the yeah. guy's body, which is very funny. <laughs> like, why would he do that? That's a good question. I do not understand. Uh, that was fun. Um, four because. killed in the park. One cutie little mental patient. I just thought that. Oh, guy we was didn't very talk cute. about how he also killed children for the first. No, I guess he did kill kids before. But it was more like they were in his way. Those two kids mm-hmm. who were trick or treating like ran off to not be in his way anymore, and he went out of his way to yep. kill them, which is also another weird thing. Anyway, we're done talking well, about. He, I, what I don't think I don't think he killed those two kids, but he killed their third friend. Who he killed the third friend first, and because they were like, "Where's that one guy? He was supposed to show up. Why isn't he here?" Yeah, and then he's holding I think the those, mask. Those other two kids got away. No, because they right? were dead on the. Uh, I think that was the doctor. I want to say wife. Ferris wheel. Ferris wheel is wrong. No, because he had the mask from the kids, right? Mm-hmm. Did the kids leave the mask there? I thought they were the bodies of the kids, but yeah, maybe I think I, was I wrong. think the kids escaped. Um, well, this they is at like least killed little, the one kid who didn't show up. So whatever. A, a strange mythology thing, and I don't know if this is a hint or not. The of those three kids, the only one he killed was the one who went inside the Myers home to like steal that candy. They like pulled that little prank on oh, Big John. Oh yeah, and John. there's no way he could know that though. But, but I guess it's if, if he's, he's more than a man. Yeah, he's supernatural. Michael Myers, he would have a sense for did somebody step inside the did threshold? Some sort of weird here's a, vampire here's a, rule. Here's a little reference. And this is why I was looking for that movie. Apparently those masks, the masks. that those kids were wearing uh-huh. are references to Halloween 3 season of The Witch. Yep. Yeah, I noticed that too. Oh, that's cool. They just missed uh, zooming in on a shamrock medallion on it to <laughs> make the reference stick even more even though those movies uh, aren't canon in this movie either yeah it's like okay yeah, there's a lot there's a there's a lot of stuff that they <laughs> were just referencing yeah okay so i had one partner cop seven firemen two couples two in the couple uh four in the park one cutie mental patient two big john and little johns two lonnie and camerons and seven in the final scene that involved okay. the mob the sheriff and karen finally okay um, which also i went back and rewatched, and it's it's hard to tell. There's like cuts, like with so Karen. Case with Karen are, or with the mob? No, just it, it's just like there's like various people getting slashed in that okay. mob yeah, yeah. scene. So it's like 
it's at least 26. It's probably more. I feel like I read because I was also looking for an article that just told me the number and they had mentioned yeah, that like, like double check your work. Yeah. After we see the drone couple get killed, apparently on the news radio, they talk about how there was another couple he had killed oh. before them. So it's like the answer is you won the bet. <laughs> you I did guess it, so. The big number. I, I was not expecting to. <laughs> I was totally <laughs> expecting to lose this one. Yeah. No, we're impressed by you. <laughs> I'm uh, very impressive. You should be impressed ooh, by me. Roxy, did you catch that gleam? Is it the mirror? The universal mirror, which of course lets us look into the universe of the movie we watched. Is Sometimes we go into there. the mirror too, but I think we're just uh, chatting yeah, on the surface the of it. The rules are right? hard to keep track of. <laughs> we can do both. We can do both. Why not? <laughs> okay, great. Yeah, I think there's somebody in the mirror. Let's go talk to them. <laughs> Excuse me, who are we talking to? Uh, I'm I'm Allison, Laurie Strode's granddaughter. Uh, my mom just got killed by Michael Myers, so... Um, Jesus, Allison, I'm so sorry. You must be devastated. Well, it's like, what did I expect? We went up against Michael Myers, you know? The guys on a roll just slaughtered those firefighters. Best killer in the game right now. You gotta put respect on his name. It almost sounds like you have a grudging respect for Michael Myers. Listen, I'm Team Haddonfield for life, but tonight, Michael Myers was the better killer, straight up. I know exactly what you're going through, Allison. Aren't your parents still alive, Mikey? Oh, they are, but I'm a Minnesota Vikings fan, and they get crushed at least a couple times a season. Losing your parents isn't quite the same as losing a football game. No, losing your parents is exactly like losing a football game. You know, you're not just gonna be mad at the other team because they're better. You gotta take the L with grace. Plus, if you get all salty, you just know the football gods are gonna, like, take away a touchdown because of a holding penalty. <laughs> yeah, or the regular god will punish you by having a serial killer stab your mother to death. <laughs> you gotta just be like, damn, we'll get him next time. Exactly. You know, we'll get him next time. On to next Halloween. I guess I would have thought you'd be, you know, inconsolable. What do you want me to say? Sure, I'm disappointed my mom's dead. But I can't live in the past. Be a goldfish, you know? Shortest memory of any animal alive. <laughs> From Ted Lasso. I love Ted Lasso. Well, Allison, Michael Myers is still on the loose. Are you going to hunt him down? Take him on again? Oh, damn right. Damn right I am. You know, and there's a long time until next Halloween, so I'm going to take target practice, do push-ups, hit the gym. Well, again, as a Minnesota Vikings fan, I know that there is only so much you can do in the off-season. Oh, absolutely. You know, we'll work hard for next Halloween, but ultimately it will come down to whoever has the most bloodlust. Michael Myers or the town of Haddonfield, Illinois. And he's going to be tough to beat, no doubt. No doubt. We could be looking at a dynasty here. Before you start uh, prepping for next season, Allison, I know the first few days after losing someone you care about can be the most difficult. How are you going to spend the next few days? <sighs> uh, you know, I don't know yet. We lost... I guess we're just going to have to sit with that. You know, whenever I go to a bar to watch the Vikings play and, and they lose, I like to be a good sport and go shake hands with the fans of the other team. You know, let them know, good game, no hard feelings. Oh, wow. Yeah, uh, I don't really know who I do that with. Uh, the devil? Okay, Allison, uh, this big feud between your family and Michael Myers, how do you see it all ending? To be honest, probably, uh, you know, probably the same way it ended tonight. I don't know. Uh, Michael always seems to win. We had him locked in a fire basement and he still came back. It's like we're cursed. Again, I know exactly how you feel. Don't say a football thing, Mikey. The Minnesota Vikings are cursed too. They always miss field goals whenever the game is on the line. Perfect kicker, all season, get to the playoff, comes down to the last kick, wide left. Without fail, no matter what. Now, whenever the Vikings line up for a kick, I am so stressed out. It's like... Really? We're really doing this? Is it going to end in heartbreak again? That's how I feel whenever I step foot inside the Myers family home. Like, oh God, are we doing this? Are we really doing this again? It's so tense. I it's hate so it. It's so tense. It's so tense. Oh my God. Well, Allison, sorry about, you know, everything. Better luck next time. I hope next year is your year. Thanks. And hey, you know what they say. Any given Halloween... We're back. 
Uh, Allison and you really like uh, sports. Cool. <laughs> you can. That's you should go to a actually, sport game together of something. Go see the Minnesota Vikings. That's what I love about sports is that they bring people together. Whether or not you like the Vikings as much as I do, you have a team that you love and you can bond over it. What about when uh, drunk dudes tip over cars and do crimes because their football team lost or won? That's how you let them know you need a change for next season. <laughs> okay, gotcha. <laughs> <laughs> Here he comes, here he comes, the old demon bot. Congratulations, you have successfully reviewed Halloween Kills. Your souls are safe for another week. For next week, you must review the 1994 film Wes Craven's New Nightmare, directed, obviously, by Wes Craven and starring Heather Langenkamp and Robert Englund. If you do not, your souls are forfeit and I shall claim your bodies as my own. Okay, so Roxy, we got to watch Wes Craven's New Nightmare, our first non-Halloween movie in months. I'm excited. We get to hang out with Freddy in some capacity, and I haven't seen this movie before, so uh, I'm excited. That's exciting. (laughs) Hell yeah. I saw it when I was a child and don't remember it super well, but it was like one of those movies that was always on TNT. Oh, really? Okay. TNT was the best (laughs) network for horror movies. They would have (laughs) Chucky Marathon, right? Yeah. Cable channel? Okay. Uh, let's make a bet. Okay, next yeah. Week, huh? Bedtime. Um, Roxy, how many times in Wes Craven's New Nightmare do you think somebody will startle out of a dream? And um, <laughs> to clarify, that's the scene where like we're watching a scene and then somebody like goes. <gasps> okay, like, well, well, what about oh, like what we just saw was double dream. fake outs? If they get faked out within the same dream, does it count as one or two? That would count as two. That would be like if they mm. bolt up, if their eyes snap open in bed, that counts. I'm going to say six. Uh, okay, I'll, I'll undercut you a bit here and say five. Ooh, price is right rules. I guess, or I guess would have been more. No, it is if I had gone seven too, right? The same as Price is Right. It's been a long time since I've seen Price is Right over or under counts, right? <laughs> uh, it's, it's fine. They used to play reruns a lot on TNT. No, okay. <laughs> well, we'll see, uh, how many times people get startled out of a dream in, uh, Wes Craven's New Nightmare. Excited to learn. The pact has been sealed. I mean, the bet is confirmed. The winner is the one who successfully predicts the number of times people startle out of a dream. The winner will receive this authentic animatronic prop I have obtained from the set of the film. Let's start getting out of this basement, but before we do, Roxy, what's making you happy? We've been wallowing in horror. We have. A chunk of time now. What's making you happy this week? (laughs) So I I did something that has been on my list to get done for like at least a year at this point, Mm -hmm. which is figuring out the appropriate can recycling in Oregon, (laughs) (laughs) which is super exciting, super exciting. But I had like eight cans because like I, I drink like a caffeine drink every day and for a while there it was these cans which i would just get like pallets of Uh so i had like eight full garbage bags that were just taking up space in our freaking garage and we have like a new roommate moving in who needed space so i was like okay i need to actually like do something (laughs) about this so i figured out the system and i'm gonna get cheaper groceries because they have a deal with local grocery stores where i can oh get an extra 20 percent on my can return fee Dude, Roxy, you're an environmentalist. Yeah, and I get cheaper groceries now, too, so I'm two for two. Hell yeah. <laughs> I feel like an accomplished adult. What about you, Mikey? I'm proud of you. <laughs> What's making me happy this week is, honestly, I loved Halloween Kills so much. <laughs> Mikey, really? That, okay. <laughs> like, listen, listen. Uh-huh. When I, I came, it came time for me to think of, like, what my making happy thing, I was like, the truth is I love Halloween Kills a lot. And so, you know what? Between that movie... And seeing him out in the real world, I think what's making me happy is a new friendship I'm developing with Michael Myers. What do you say, Michael? What do you say we put everything behind us, start over fresh, maybe we go get a hot dog? How do you feel about that? I mean, you're both named Michael. You got stuff in common. Why not? Yeah. Uh, I like you know, this. I can this see is I'm going to have to do... <laughs> I think I'm going to have to do a lot of the conversational heavy lifting, but I think this is I think this is the beginning of a beautiful friendship. I mean, Michael is like a mirror to other people who interact with him at times thematically. So, uh, yeah. <gasps> do you think I hated myself until just now? 
it's possible. Maybe you've just what? had to finally forgive yourself, Mikey. Accept what do you think about that, Michael? Your future. All right, so nothing there. I mean, maybe. What What do you think, Mikey? <laughs> no, that's fine. I like it. Okay. I like it. I, li- I think he said something smart. <laughs> <laughs> just remember to keep some chocolates in your pocket. That's all I'll say. I'm going to sneak them to him. Uh, Roxy, each week the demon bot hires a new monster to guard the basement door and keep you and I from escaping. But each week we still escape. Except for last week when we spent the week. In yeah, the we've just been down here all week. Uh, <laughs> except for that time but, you traveled to Starbucks. But uh, here's what's going on. Last week, there was a Dracula and a mech. I was unprepared. So I did sneak out and get myself better prepared. There is no way whatever is going on outside of that door. I've got this dual laser chain gun. It's got infinite ammo, the barrel speed at a rate of 1400 RPMs, double bullets and lasers. Every other barrel in this chain gun fires a bullet or a laser. There is nothing that's going to stop us this week. You ready? Okay, man. Uh, I'm very impressed that you built that in a week and you even found that infinite ammo headband. So it's like completely overpowered. <laughs> I believe you when you say nothing's going to stand in your way. Let, let's do it. Okay, here we go. Okay, I'm Going up you the first. stairs. Oh, uh, this week it's just two rabbits. What? It's two rabbits? Like, like murder rabbits from Monty Python or something? Like scary? No, I think they're just regular rabbits. And What? Uh, it looks like they're in love. Uh, okay, I don't want to know how you know that. It's probably something I don't want to see up there. Well, they're snuggling. They're snuggling their heads together. Okay, well, that's actually pretty cute. I do want to see yeah, that. Well, anyways, we got a dual laser chain gun, so... No, 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 they're, they're fine. We can just walk away. Want a chocolate?